Welcome to Bow Gardens Baptist Church podcast with our pastor, Brian Crouch, as he presents scripture in a way that is relevant to your life and provides application to help you in your daily spiritual walk. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's sermon. So here's what happened, just briefly, here's what happened on uh, Wednesday uh, night when we were talking about things. What I, what I love about Wednesday night now, we kind of do a little bit of a Bible study uh, before the, the prayer time, and what I do is I kind of give a preview of what we're going to talk about the following Sunday. And when we talked about the spiritual gifts, there was a, um, a, a lively discussion about uh, spiritual gifts, what they are, what they aren't, and, and what it what it. I think what it showed me as a pastor, I can never assume, and I should never assume, but but I can never assume that we're all on the same page on what even even something like spiritual gifts, what that means and what that looks like in our life and how they play out. So I want to give you kind of an example of kind of something I've been that I've been thinking about. So a lot of you know that I, I like to draw, I like to paint, I like to do, you know, artistic stuff and everything like that. Being able to paint is not a spiritual gift. Okay? Being able to paint is a talent that I have, that God has given me, I'm not denying that. But being able to paint, being able to draw, being able to do those type of things... Uh, that is a talent that God has given me. It is not a spiritual gift. Now, what I do with that talent can uh, can be tied in with my spiritual gift, right? Let's say that my spiritual gift is uh, maybe uh, exhortation, and we're going to talk about all these. Um, maybe it's um, evangelism, maybe something like that. And so what I can do with my talent is proclaim Jesus Christ by painting a picture that might be bring somebody closer to a relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense? So I can use my talent in combination with my gift. And a lot of times when I do that, when I'm painting something, it's like, how in the world did I produce something like that? But it's because I'm using my talent and my gift together to do that. I said it, I think I said it on Sunday. I know I said it on Wednesday because that's part of the debate we had. Singing in the choir is not a spiritual gift. Now, boy, it got quiet in here. I mean, nobody even coughed. Singing in the choir itself is not a spiritual gift. But if you like proclaiming, if you're, let's say, let's say it's evangelism, whatever it is, uh, 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 wisdom, things like that. If your spiritual gift is proclaiming the truth of scripture and you have the talent of singing, that's where you belong. Right? Because that is how you are going to be able to use your gift, your, your talent, to fill your spiritual gas tank through the use of your gift. Okay? So there are a lot of things that, that we could we could say that that are talents and we confuse them with gifts. And when we do that though, if we're only using the talent God gave us. We're actually neglecting the gift that the Holy Spirit has, has given us to further the kingdom of God. Now, here's the other thing that I want to be very clear about. Um, <clears throat> that, first of all, in order to have a spiritual gift, you have to have the Spirit living inside of you. Amen. Which means you have to be a true believer in Jesus Christ. And so, as we move forward, when we talk about these things, uh, you know, a crowd this size, 
you know, virtually a crowd any size, there's going to be folks in here that cannot remember a time back in their life when they accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So nothing I say about spiritual gifts, nothing I say about anything, really, is going to matter to you until you accept Christ as your Savior. As the full payment for the sin that you have in your life. And believe it or not, all of us have fallen sin and short, uh, fall short of the glory of God, right? We all need a Savior. And so I want to be very, very clear about that point. And so the other thing I want to point out before, I mean, this is all introduction. We're not even into the sermon yet. And so the other thing that I want to point out is the phrase, Lord and Savior. We have talked about that a lot, actually, over the past handful of weeks. And the fact that, that we do, we find it a lot easier to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we kind of draw back from the Lord aspect of it. I need you guys to understand this as well. We cannot expect to be shown our spiritual gifts if we are reluctant in allowing Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, but Jesus Christ to be the Lord of our life. Because, and the reason that is, the whole purpose of our spiritual gift, the whole purpose that we have spiritual gifts that are given to us by the Holy Spirit is so that we can uh, further the kingdom of God. And we primarily do that through church and, and different things like that, but we also, which I talked about yesterday or last week, we do that in our community. We do that in our family. We do that. We can use our spiritual gift any place, and we should actually. But if we aren't allowing the Holy Spirit to lead our life, to control our thoughts, to control our actions, to control what makes us think that these spiritual gifts are going to do us any good whatsoever. I mean, a lot of times we, we think about these, you know, the blessings of God and, and all those type of things. And, and, and I believe this is, in, you know, a... a the United States has a big problem in this, is that we want all the blessings, but we don't have to want to work at it. We, you know, we deserve, I mean, we have the, the attitude in this country, we deserve all the good things God has to, to give us, to, that he promises that he promises to do that. So we better come through. And we've talked about all the if-then. If you do this, then. If you act this way, then. If-then. We leave the if part out of it, and we, we focus on the, well, God promised to bless me, so therefore he has to do it. We are promised, if you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, we are promised to have at least one spiritual gift to assist the church body, the global body, to reach more people for Christ. That is your calling as a believer. Now, if you are not allowing the Holy Spirit to control your life, what good is a spiritual gift? See, there's a lot of steps that we have in our lives that we have to take. And again, I want to be very clear about something. I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. We do not work for our salvation. Okay? It is an absolutely free gift that we receive when we accept, when we acknowledge what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. Okay? We are not working for our salvation. But I think the concept that we have in this world right now is that I've got my golden ticket. Now God has to give me everything he promised. That's the attitude that we take into the narrow gate when we walk through it. I've got my ticket. Now give me all the blessings I deserve. Including, I want to know my spiritual gift by, um, you know, a, a, a plane riding it up in the sky 
And it needs to be in print. I don't want any of this cursing stuff. It needs to be in print. And it needs to be on the first Thursday. Of the, I mean, that's how we view this stuff. In order for me to use my spiritual gift, it has to be on my timeline, on my, you know, uh, what word am I thinking of? Terms. Terms, thank you. That wasn't even a really hard word. It has to be on my terms. And when it's not, we just hold our arms up and sit in the pew and do nothing. That is not allowing the Holy Spirit to work in your life. At all, in any way, shape, or form. So as we talk about, as we get into these uh, spiritual gifts today, I want you to keep those two, three things in mind. That listen, in order for this to make any difference in your life, you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to control you. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to have, to, to even, even whisper in your ear, you probably ought to go call so-and-so because you haven't seen them in a few weeks. We ought to be able to hear that voice and act on it. If it's small or if it's loud, we have to allow, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and, and, and really have control over our thoughts. Okay, that's all the introduction I have for you. So learning our spiritual gift or gifts, because we can have one or we can have many. Right? There's no limit. There's only a minimum that we can have, and it's one. If you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, surprise, you have at least one spiritual gift. And the cool thing about the spiritual gift is that we get to go on a journey. Sometimes Lori and I go on adventures. <laughs> we do things, we go out, we... we uh, explore areas that we haven't been before. We do different things. Finding your spiritual gift is a journey. It's an adventure. And it absolutely can be fun. It can be enjoyable because you are learning something about yourself that possibly you didn't know before. But also, it builds your confidence it builds your enjoyment of being a part of a collective body of believers when you get to use that and you find out what it is and you're like, you cannot wait to use it because it fills you up spiritually. You cannot help but to do it. And the more you use it, the stronger that that gets. So a spiritual gift is something that God has chosen specifically for you and it is given through the Holy Spirit and the reason the reason that you have been given a spiritual gift is because you are part of a larger a global body of believers that is dependent on you I need you to understand this the body of Christ is dependent on you being active in using your spiritual gift for it to be, for the body of Christ to be all it can be, is dependent on you. Because what happens, and we talked about this last week, what happens is, is that somebody doesn't like their spiritual gift, and they cross their arms, and they sit in the pew, and they don't do anything, which means two or three other people will have to not only do their part, but they also have to take up the slack that you're not doing. And it's very common, a very common phrase in churches that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Of all the places on this earth, the church ought to be just the opposite, right? So either, I'm going to go out on a limb here, 
So either, see, I'm even debating whether or not to say it. Either only 20% of churchgoers are actually saved and have the Spirit living inside of them. Or the other possibility is, let's just, for argument's sake, say that all of them are saved and they're denying the Spirit in their lives. That's rough. But that's the truth. You've got 20% of the people doing what they're actually called to do. Everybody else is sitting back in the pew for whatever reason, and the excuses are enormous, but we just don't do it. We don't get involved. We don't help where we know that we can help. We don't do things when we know that we can make something better. We, could, we, could, we have the tools. We have the gift to ease somebody else's burden. But it's probably going to be too much work for me to do that. I might get my hands dirty. I don't know where this road is going to take me. So, forget it. They'll do just fine without me. Do you think that's biblical at all? To have that attitude going into the spiritual gifts. So what are the spiritual gifts? God has chosen people to do his work here on this earth. We are ambassadors. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We are his representatives here on this earth to, to fulfill his calling, to fulfill his will, to spread the gospel as much as possible that, that we can do. Spiritual gifts are the tools that allow you to do that in a way that is that is supernatural. And it really is. Because when you find out what your spiritual gift is, you start developing your spiritual gift. People are going to ask you, how in the world can you do that? How can you do that so much? How can you do And your answer is, I don't know. It has to be God. And it is. But it's not even, most of the time, it's not even work for you. Because you're right where you need to be. You are using your spiritual gift. You are, you are encouraging the body in whatever way. <coughs> but we have to seek that out. We have to try to gain knowledge. We have to do all those things. It's not just going to be written in the sky for us. We've got to put some work into this. And we're going to talk about that at the end. Alright, so uh, spiritual gifts uh, that the Holy Spirit gives us each are to be used as a tool. Again, I want you to keep in mind, we, spiritual gifts are not something that we get to benefit from. And we, don't, we don't get spiritual gifts to, to gain money, right? It's not a... Our spiritual gifts are a tool to be used to further the kingdom of God. If we don't even have that mindset at the beginning, we're in trouble. If we are seeking our spiritual gifts for notoriety, or we are seeking certain gifts because they look more pleasing, they look more appealing than other gifts, We're in trouble from the very beginning. We have to seek our spiritual gifts through humility. Because just like we talked about last week, some of us are a little toe, some of us are a big toe, some of us are a pinky finger, some of us are a thumb, some are eyes, some are ears. Get it? It takes all the parts. And no part is any greater or any less than the other. We are equally important to 
the message to getting the gospel out. And it makes it harder on everybody else when you are sitting in the pew Sunday after Sunday doing this instead of using your gift. That's just the truth. And so we can't, we can't expect God to bless us individually or even bless us as a church when 80% of the congregation is doing this on Sunday morning. How hypocritical is that? We've got to realize our part in this. Okay. 1 Peter 4. You can turn there if you want to. I've got it up on the screen because I know I've got a lot to cover today and I didn't want to spend time uh, getting there, but you can write it down. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says this, and this is the, the, the uh, NIV version. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards in God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, you should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. You don't think your gift is important? You are a representative of Jesus Christ himself. Anything and everything that the Holy Spirit prompts you to do is for the furthering of the kingdom. And when we deny that, we are denying ourselves blessings and we are denying this church blessings. Let's start over in verse 11. If anyone speaks to you, uh, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides. How much strength is that? Well, you guys are so confident in that answer. How much strength can God give you to do anything that he asks you to do? All possible. All. All. Is his power unlimited? Jerry, yes. Because <laughs> power is unlimited. He can give you all the strength that you need to do anything that he has called you to do, right? It's easy to say that, but man, when we have to walk that walk, we let fear get in the way, right, David? We let fear get in the way. We don't know how the outcome is going to be, so we don't even start the journey. How much faith does that take? Well, you guys got to stop interrupting, because I'll never get through this verse. Okay. <laughs> if anyone serves, they should do so in the strength that God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. That is why you have spiritual gifts, and that is what you are to use them for. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So if we have a congregation that says amen and believes that, why are 20% of the people doing the work? In any church, not just, I'm just saying any church, Anybody that's watching online, because there will be, we can read that verse, and as a congregation, when it gets to amen, we can all say amen, and we can even clap. But come tomorrow morning, there'll still be the same 20% of the people doing the work. That's hypocritical. And we're not going to be blessed as a church if we continue down that path. So attaining, uh, the, the act of attaining spiritual gifts is not the goal. It's just the gateway. It's, it's the, the gate that gets us through there. Uh, they are not uh, a hobby to play with. They are tools to build with, weapons to fight with. And we will be more effective as we put them into the use uh, for God's glory and not our own. Aaron, I'm going to skip down to the next slide. Go ahead. So up at the top, 
and I'm going to read these off to you so you can write them down if you want to because I know they're kind of small. But up at the top, this is a, this is a list of spiritual gifts, okay? Like I said last week, I don't think we know all the spiritual gifts that the Spirit can give us. I don't think there is any exhaustive list in Scripture of, of the spiritual gifts, okay? So, what I've written up there, Romans 12, 6 through 8, this is where you're going to find at least one of these gifts mentioned, okay? So, Romans uh, 12, 6 through 8, 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, 1 Corinthians 12, basically the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Primarily, and there's, there's a few others that, that we could look at, but primarily, primarily the bulk of these uh, spiritual gifts can be found in those uh, verses. So I'm going to just, real quick, I'm going to list them off. Administration, apostleship, discernment, evangelism, exhortation, faith, giving, healing, health, hospitality, knowledge, leadership, mercy, uh, prophecy, serving, speaking and interpreting tongues, and I'm going to talk about that, uh, teaching and wisdom, okay? So that is the list, and again, it's not exhaustive, but those are primarily the ones that Scripture calls out. And I think there's like, there might be like 18 of them there listed or something like that, I don't even know. All right, Aaron, go to the next one. So what we're going to do, we're going to go through each one of these spiritual gifts in just a brief, maybe one sentence, maybe two or three sentences for each one of them. And I want you to, I want you to think about, do any of these describe me? Like on, a, on the innermost level, what, would, what is my passion, my desire? What do I feel like that it would just fill my spiritual gas tank up if I could do this for the church? Okay? So we're going to go through all these real quick and everything. So, administration, the ability to help steer the church or a ministry toward the successful completion of God-given goals with skills in planning, organization, and supervision. So here's what, uh, here's kind of what, when I think of administration in the church setting, uh, I see uh, like a uh, uh, um, associate pastor. But it doesn't have to be a pastor. Because here's what, like, as, as a pastor, when we have something, uh, okay, like, the, like the, the yard work and everything needs to be done, the keeping the grounds, what would be great is if we had an administrator, a, a person that had the, the gift of administration that would make sure that all these things got done on a timely manner. And, and so we could have somebody with a gift of administration on the, the grounds committee. It could be on the finance committee. It could be on, so they stay, they keep people on task and they get the job done, right? They, they, they are gifted at planning. They can see out in the future. They can, not like, like prophecy type stuff, but they know that in six weeks, we're going to have to plan this. In eight weeks, we're going to have to do this to keep the, the trees trimmed and all those type of things. Apostleship. Okay, so this one might be a little bit confusing, but I, I just want to get to it. A person sent to new places with the gospel. Uh, you may have heard missionaries going to different countries to help spread the word. They could be described as apostles. We are talking about something different than the office of apostle. Because in order to be an apostle, you had to be, you had to get your teaching directly from, from Christ. So that was an office of apostle. This is an apostleship as far as being used in the congregation. You're like a, a, a church planter. You could be a church planter. You could actually go to other churches and help them, like you've got vision to help them build up, uh, to reach new communities and all those type of things. That type of person, I mean, their spiritual gas tank gets filled when they are helping others reach the lost in all kinds of different ways. Okay? Aaron, let's go to the next one. 
Discernment, the wisdom to recognize truth from untruth by correctly evaluating whether a behavior or teaching is from God or another ungodly source. Here's what I would say about that. I would venture to say that there are some people that have discernment in their life. They have the, the spiritual gift of discernment. But you know what they don't have? Studying the Word. So if your gift is discernment, but you don't know a whole lot about Scripture, how much can you use your spiritual gift to edify the body? See, some of these things take some work, don't it? Don't it? Did I just say that? <laughs> Doesn't it? I'll just edit that out when I post it on YouTube. <laughs> Evangelism, the ability to successfully communicate the message of the gospel, especially to non-believers. Listen, I want to be very clear about this. We are all called to evangelize the lost. But there are some people that you can watch them go up to a total stranger on the street or in Walmart, it doesn't even matter where, and their passion is to somehow turn the conversation to Jesus Christ. Because they want to know if that person is saved or not. And they even go further and say, well, I know how to do that. Let's talk about that. And it just, it is so easy for them. And, it, and so that is the, the gift of evangelism. Exhortation. Uh, uh, competence in offering encouragement, comfort, and support to help someone be all that God wants them to be. Not only are you just in general a, an encourager, you build people up, you, you, you help in that way, but it really fills your spiritual gas tank. When you can sit down and talk to somebody and help them realize the importance they have, the part that they play, and when somebody leaves your presence, they are excited about what God is doing in your life or in their life. If you can do that to somebody else, maybe that's it. Aaron, let's go to the next one. Faith, people with this gift have such confidence in the power and the promises of God that they can stand strong in their belief no matter what may try to shake them. So, as I have gone through my life and as I have studied and grown, uh, you know, spiritually more mature and all that, my, the gift of faith has always been very high on my list because I know I serve an all-powerful God that can take care of anything. Amen. I also know that whatever he allows in my life, it's for a reason. And I can learn from it or I can let it get me down. Now, it's one thing to say those words. It's another thing to actually live it out. And it really frustrates Lori when I live it out. Because she, she is a, uh, she's like the administration type. She, the details are very important. She needs to know what's coming up and all those types of things. She's a planner. She's a budgeter. When we get thrown a curveball in our life, a lot of times I just, I'm able to, not every time, but I'm able to kind of take it in stride. Like, okay, what is God trying to teach us through this? What's going on? You know, and look at it. Lori's like, and it, it, again, it does not make Lori less spiritual than I am. I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying. But, but Lori's looking at it like, well, how are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to do this? What, we got a car payment that needs to be made. We've got this. We got... So I need that in my life, right? She needs me in her life to calm the storm a little bit. See how that works? How we can help each other out? And that's just in our, in our private relationships. Man, that would be great if we had that capability to do that corporate-wide, wouldn't it? Amen. Because as we get older, not all of us have somebody that we can bounce things off of, is there? 
And so if we had somebody that we could talk to, if people knew that our spiritual gift is faith and they were struggling with something, and that they could come talk to you about it, wouldn't that help the body? So giving. Those who have the gift are particularly willing and able to share what resources they have with pleasure and without the need to see them return. And a lot of times we think of giving as money, but it doesn't have to be money, does it? It can be somebody just totaled their car and they need a car for two weeks and you happen to have one. It might not even be a spare one, but you will go through the hardship of loaning somebody a car for two weeks and you guys ride sharing and, and, and doing that with each other. It's going to be a burden on you a little bit, but you can't help but to give somebody that loaner car because you want to help them out and you'll make do with what you have. It doesn't have to be about money. Okay, we're going to go down to the next one. <coughs> Healing. Oh, man. Now we're talking about some crazy stuff, aren't we? <laughs> See, a lot of times when we talk about spiritual gifts, um, we take a lot of them out of context, and we think of certain denominations, we think of certain uh, faith groups or whatever, and, and we think, oh Pastor's talking about healing. Before too long, there's going to be people running the aisles and jumping up and down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Heaven forbid we raise our hands in church. Okay. In Jesus' time, there was a definite need for people to be healed physically. To show the power that God had. I believe that 100%. I like how this definition puts it. The capability used by God to restore others, be that physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. You can have a hand in healing somebody emotionally, can't you? You can take on some of their burdens and lighten their load. And it actually, when you do that, it actually encourages you. It fills your spiritual gas tank. Because you can see the relief that you are providing in people's lives. Does that definition of healing make sense in today's world? Now, do I think that Jesus, that God still heals? Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think, and, and I will talk about this. I don't think any of these gifts no longer exist. There's a lot of, of, of believers, there's a lot of um, you know, theologians that believe some of them were for the past, some of them for now and all that. I don't want to put God in a box of any kind, and if he wants to use the gift of healing in, in maybe some third world country, and a missionary goes down there, and, and he, can, he can use that gift to heal somebody to show this entire tribe that his God is bigger than any other God, I believe he will do that. Amen. I do yell a lot, don't I? <laughs> Man, that keeps me awake. <laughs> Helps. Uh, someone with a gift, this gift is able to support or assist members of the body of Christ so that they may be free to minister to others. Do you have any idea how big this one is? Let me just tell you, and I'm going to point some people out that I'm aware of uh, that, that have certain things. David grows close. He will, he tells me all the time. He goes, I'm not sure where I specifically fit in to different things. But what I, and he's told me this very often. What I want to do is be available to you to take something off your plate so you can focus on the things that you need to do. Does that sound like helps? He's willing to do, like, like David's willing to get his hands dirty, get down and, and meet with somebody, go out on a call or do, you know, <clears throat> go to the hospital. He's willing to do all that stuff to help free others up for ministry. That may not seem like much, or that might not seem like a big gift, but it's huge. It's huge. Hospitality. The natural ability to make people, even strangers, feel welcome in their own home 
Or as when when they come to church, you feel um, you feel uh, uh, the ability or the drive just to make just welcome all all in, right? You'd be great as a greeter, an usher back there because you you don't meet a stranger. You love everybody when they walk in, and they need to see a smiling face. You make them feel welcome. That's what we need. That's what churches need. Aaron, go to the next one. You guys are going to have to listen a lot faster. Knowledge. This is a gift to someone that actually, uh, actually, actively pursues knowledge of the Bible. This person may also enjoy analyzing biblical data. Uh, Carol Skinner comes to mind, and she knew I was going to say that, because she is so driven by Bible knowledge. Now, that does not mean that she's got it all up here and not here, right? What Carol loves to do is she loves to study the Bible and present it to other people. So I, I would imagine she's got the gift of teaching and, and different things like that. But what Carol can also do is when she, she's got like the mind of a, a, it's like a steel trap. She can call out verses and anybody that's been in here on Monday or, or Wednesday evening, you guys know that she can almost just cut. And, and I've been guilty. Listen, I'm going to confess something. I've been jealous of Carol's gift. Because my mind does not work that way. It is crazy what she can do. It's unnatural. It's spiritual. Now the cool thing about Carol is, she actually uses it. And she's actually edifying the body by doing that. And it's, it's unfortunate, it's unfortunate that we look at somebody like Carol and she's the exception. We can all experience the joy that Carol finds in studying scripture, presenting it, teaching it. If we would dive in, if we would really seek out our spiritual gift and, and, uh, and, and really develop it and use it. Leadership, this aptitude marks a person who is able to stand before the church to direct the body with care and attention and to motivate them toward achieving uh, this, uh, the church's goals. There are a lot of pastors that are not leaders. They don't have that gift of leadership. But you know what? Those pastors need to find people in their church to help them with that. That's why your roles are so important to my calling. Amen. And, the, and, and just the, the, the health of the church in general. Go down to the next one. Mercy, this is a defining trait of a person with a great sensitivity, sensitivity for those who are suffering. It manifests itself in offering compassion and encouragement and in love for giving practical help to someone in need. Uh, man, somebody with the gift of mercy, uh, nursing home ministry, hospital volunteer, being able, having your, your, your phone published, your phone number published to be able to, to have church members call you. Just to have somebody to talk to. An ear to pour out. Prophecy. Uh-oh. We're getting into another crazy one. The ability to speak the message of God to others. This sometimes involves foresight or visions of what is to come. <clears throat> this skill should be used only to offer encouragement or warning. I want to I want you to tell something or I want to tell you something right now. The closer I get to the Holy Spirit, the more I listen to the guiding of the Holy Spirit, the word of the Holy Spirit, the more that is true in my life. The more I listen to that small voice, the more that is true in my life. It is supernatural, and it's really weird when it happens sometimes. But I'm learning, again, I'm learning how to decipher the noise and all that kind of stuff. Okay, go to the next one before it gets too weird. 
Serving a talent for identifying tasks needed in the body of Christ and using available resources to get it done. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, speaking in tongues, and I will add uh, interpreting tongues, the supernatural ability to speak another language. I am a firm believer that speaking in tongues is not Babel. Because I don't believe that edifies anybody. And that's one of the qualifications for speaking in tongues. And the reason to have an interpreter is, is it does in nobody any good if you speak in another language and nobody in the congregation understands what you're saying. So there has to be an interpreter of that. Let me tell you what that means. And I believe this can happen today. And I believe it still does. A missionary goes down to Africa or someplace, runs across a tribe that he does, he has not been trained in that dialect. He has not been trained in that, that language. But God supernaturally gives him the ability to communicate with that tribe using their language. That, in my opinion, as I study scripture, is speaking in tongues. It is not some kind of prayer, secret prayer language or any of those things that you've heard. It is God supernaturally allowing somebody to speak a language for a certain amount of time in order to preach the gospel to a group of people that have never been trained in their language. And scripture is very clear, there must be an interpreter. We must not uh, misuse any gift. Uh, anyway, teaching. The skill to teach from the Bible and communicate it effectively for the understanding and spiritual growth of others. So Carol uses her, her gift of knowledge combined with the gift of teaching, and her classes are amazing. And if you have time to come on Wednesday at 1030, and you are not doing it, you are missing out on an incredible blessing. Because this woman knows what she's doing. Okay, go to the next one. Wisdom, the gift, uh, <clears throat> the gift of being able to sort through facts and data to discover what needs to be done for the church. You're just a wise person. You don't fall for tricks. You don't, you know, you're stable. It should be noted that not every Christian, and I kind of already talked about this, believes that all the spiritual gifts are still given by God. Something that they are uh, certain gifts, such as speaking in tongues and, and the healing, that were handed down only for a time when they were needed in biblical history, and they're no longer needed. All right, so I'm going to skip to the very end, Aaron. And here's what I want. Here's what I want to do. We've gone through the spiritual gifts. We're going to have an invitation. And, you know, I don't know that it really applies, but but what I want to do it, at the very beginning, I said, you've got to be a Christian in order for this to make any sense whatsoever. For it to matter, if you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you know, that, that's the first step of any of this mattering. Is that a word either? Mm -hmm. And so, so you've got to make that decision. And you can do that. This morning, when we have the invitation, if you want to join the church, now would be a time, a good time to come up and just let me know that. If you've never been baptized and you feel like, man, I really, that's something I need to do. I know I'm a believer. I know I'm going to go uh, to heaven when I die. But, but I realize that I need to be baptized in, in obedience to what Jesus did when he started his ministry. So I, I want to do that. This time when we sing these couple of verses, that's the time to come and do that. But I also want you to consider at the end of the service, these pieces of paper are going to be up here. And I'm going to have a list of those positions that still uh, are available. I don't want this church to be a 20%er. I don't want it to be a 50%er. I mean, we could change this community if we were a hundred percenters. If we were bought into what we're doing here, 
And we, from now on, we are desiring to allow the Spirit to, to guide us in what we are doing. I'm in. I'm going to do everything I can. After the service, I want you to come up and put your name on one of these sheets with one or two of the areas that are listed on the uh, on the, the slide at the end of the service. We got a great start last week. But remember, even if you're doing something this year, I want you to sign up for next year. Because I am not going to assume anybody is still doing the job that they did this year, next year. Okay? So let me pray, and then uh, we'll do the, the invitation if you want to come forward. And again, if you just want to come forward and pray, there's nothing wrong with that. You can stay at your seat and pray. There's nothing wrong with that. But we've got a couple of verses. I just want you to, to kind of let the Holy Spirit talk to you just for a little bit, okay? Lord, I just thank you so much, again, for the freedom that we have in this country to do this. And Lord, as we seek uh, your faith, as we seek your, your guidance, your wisdom... In our spiritual gifting, Lord, I would pray that we would put our ego aside, that we would be humble in our seeking of our spiritual gift, that we would be open to whatever you would have us to do. Because it's not going to be until then that we are a, a, a full body of believers doing what we are called to do. Lord, I do thank you for this church. I thank you for those that are already serving, that already signed up, and are willing to do whatever it takes to further the kingdom of God. But Lord, we can always do more. There's always work to be done in the church and in the kingdom. Let's not that. Lord, I thank you for everything you're doing in our individual lives, in the life of this church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find Bow Gardens Baptist Church at 2700 Sarno Road in Melbourne. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and on the internet at bowgardensbaptist.com.